Welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast that has the science and the screaming to unequivocally figure out what the best movie is of any given year. We have been flying right through, some are calling it the quickest season we have ever done, (laughs) through 1975, and this is your ultimate finale. If you missed last week, I'd say go back and listen, because we took the Elite Eight into the final four. I'm your host for the evening, Mike Gavrani, and with me, as always, are my pals, Ryan and Greg. Woo, we are here. I'm science, Ryan screaming. I was just thinking... You know, there's like no science or screaming on our show. Oh, but don't that, ever listen to the the pre-recorded intro. But if have. anybody ever tried to change it, I would freak out. <laughs> if someone tried to start I the quit. Yeah, if somebody <laughs> tried to start the show without saying the science of the screaming, even though it has no way represents what happens on the show. You don't think we I guess we forget the art. Sometimes we raise our sometimes we raise our voices. The science thing, I don't even know what that means. I just think it's got a nice sound to well, it. Well, in normal shows, Mike will give points. That's, that scientifically, that's yeah. I use the scientific method to give points out. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of times you're holding a beaker. I often or an uh, abacus to smell you guys. You don't put your nose right into your friends. You waft with yeah, your hand. That's scientific. Waft. That's a super cool thing to do to your friends for sure. <laughs> Definitely, nothing says like, "Hey, it's nice to be together again after a long break." Like wafting your hand under my armpit. I missed your scent. Well, yeah. And Mike, may I say, an absolute incredible use of petri dishes so far. Thank Just you. one of the best parts of science. They are all filthy. Why does science? Why does science invent somewhere to put the most disgusting stuff? I think you have to ask Doctor Petri. He's a nasty bird. <laughs> My dishes are clean, and I don't let any bacteria near them. Gentlemen, uh, the movies we will not be talking about today include Shampoo, The Three Days of the Condor, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and Barry Lyndon. Are you sad about any? Of no, them? that's like. That makes sense. If I'm just tuning into just this episode and it's like, why are you doing that? Stop. Go back. Listen to the other episode. But if I'm just tuning in, I'm like, okay, obviously that is separating the wheat from the chaff. Yeah. I mean, the, the final four are just such all timers. Yeah. You know, um, and deeply upsetting that they're facing off against each other. They, I have a premonition about two of the next one of the next matchups and it's it's just literally upsetting. It's. We still have a chance for a four-way tie, right? Yeah. I ask this at the end of every season. Never been done. We'll finally be done. And there's always a chance that we suddenly hear Nashville's music playing, uh-huh. and they come storming down. They jump in the ring. Not right? even eligible, I right? challenge you that, right here. The, the the thing I've forgotten most often throughout the season is that Nashville was a bonus episode. Is not is el- eligible for awards. We did ineligible. our we did our scramble to watch all the movies. Yeah. And Nashville, like it was expensive to watch it. Like, it, like I could see the other ones on the streaming services that mm-hmm. I have. So in the scramble, I don't think anybody watched Nashville ahead of time. And Ryan probably had seen it before, but without us having seen right, it. Right, there's no arguing. Yeah, I. but if we had it to do over again, if I had watched that in the scramble, I'm sure I would have repped for it harder. But It was I, very odd. We go by Letterboxd, uh, and, you know, we take, I think, 64 movies yeah. down to uh, the Sweet 16. And a lot of times, and we don't, we don't fudge the numbers or anything, like Letterboxd, tells us what we do based on like the, the film's popularity when you click on 1975. And Nashville had a shockingly low yeah. seating yeah. that it just it kept getting banged around by... I, I don't remember the full bracket, but right. some movies until it got booted. Um, I like, remember, imagine it goes against Jaws. Imagine it goes against Dog Day Afternoon. Right. Like, it's going to get bounced. And that... I mean, that would be awesome if it was in the final four, but if it's in the you know top 32, yeah. like, it just has to move on. You don't on. even have time. And yeah. plus, uh, like... I mean, it may seem like uh, there's no point in doing the bracket. Like, we might as well just start at 16. But 
if, oh, fuck you then. If Nashville is that. the 32nd seed because of Letterboxd, we're sort of taking that, like, well, that means that it's not yeah. that popular, I guess, you know? Right, and that is the... See, this is the science, Greg. We're figuring ah, it out we're there. doing it! Uh, that... That's the popularity. How much does it define the year part of the equation? Yeah. But looking back on it now scientific. and, you know, diving back into the Nashville world and then you sort of like pick up when, you know, when it's on your mind, you sort of hear you or see read it everywhere. Yeah. yeah, it's no, it's a big movie. This is maybe our biggest mistake of all. Time. And yeah. the, the truth is, when you whittle it down to eight movies, you miss yes. really good movies because there are more than eight good movies that come out in a year. No. So there's always... There's always one or two on the outside looking in, and it, it, it's an upset, but that's just how it happens. And that's why we had the bonus season, is to give ourselves more of a context. Yeah. Because uh, despite popular belief, we were not alive and going to the cinema listeners in 1975. Oh, man. Uh, I do want to give shout-outs to all of our amazing guests. Yes. This, and we, we'll probably do that at the end, but one just running theme throughout all of our guests is... You know what? How old were you guys in '75 when you went yeah. to see these movies? And some of them mean it, and mm-hmm. that hurts the worst. Yeah. Well, the, we had some guests like Van was on the show, and she's so young that like you, she can't imagine looking at us mm-hmm. what age we are. So, like it could be anywhere yeah. from sixty to forty-five. <laughs> she, she thinks has no Shrek idea. Was the first movie, <laughs> and then our good friends, and cool, I use cool. that with the biggest of quotes: um, the unnatural twenties. Like this is really all they talk about now is yeah. that we are old. Yeah, yeah. It ju- they just realized it. Yeah, it's, and they we all kind of went gray at the same time. Well, it's wait, they're old. It's because they're turning thirty. Yeah, they're freaking out about it, and so they're pointing the fingers at us. Yeah, yeah. they don't want to look in the 30. mirror. Oh! topical tonight with their jaws. Uh, oh! So maybe there's not surprises in the top four, but uh, award surprises so far. Anything blow you guys away? Uh, Richard Dreyfus and Goldie Hawn. That's our acting quite awards. the duo. Yeah, yeah. I would watch a starring romantic comedy. Of those two, I'd watch that vehicle. Has it happened? I don't. I can't think of anything. I want to watch it right now. Richard Dreyfuss is not a big rom com guy. guy. I goodbye think he would girl. Crush. Goodbye. Well, I thought you said my girl. I was like, no. Good, goodbye was, girl. Uh, Krippendorf's tribe. That's a romantic comedy between a colonizer and I don't really remember Krippendorf's tribe. What? I do feel like we've already done our signature thing of uh, using the awards as a way to to like recognize movies that didn't make it. And yeah. I think Nashville has gotten that, at least in the nomination category. Yeah. Well, plus when you have 26 lead roles, yeah. then you're going to get some... You're going to be talked about. Uh, this reminds me that it's time to talk about awards. So we're going to take a quick break and do that. Webster's Dictionary defines the best sex as what I did last night. Oh! But that's neither here nor there. Greg, best sex for a movie. What does it mean to you? Hopefully, it w- it will mean... What I dream of it meaning is a steamy scene between two hot actors that have a lot of chemistry. So like Redford and Dunaway in Three Days of the Condor. Where nobody is weirdly coerced. At gunpoint? What if that's their kink? Yeah. <laughs> I, it doesn't. It doesn't seem to be her kink, though. It in that movie. At I, least. I will say, like incredible, incredibly shot scene, very sexy. It just comes with all the baggage that Greg yeah, has talked about. The baggage, and that honestly, the ba- because we're Americans, like the baggage seems to be all that we ever get in the sex category. It seems to be like you put the ones that you're mm. least horrified, right up top. So, so sexy sex does matter to. To me, in yeah, yeah, like award. it doesn't matter, like the, the the importance of the sex in the story. It doesn't matter. I'm just trying to, or like you if, know, if a rape is well shot, 
that's probably not gonna get nominated. Yeah, it's not gonna work for me because what I'm, I'm it's not gonna work for me. I'm hoping I'm hoping to just have a, like one little part of the movie where it's just like, hey, everybody, sex is awesome and yeah. we enjoy it and it's cool and but that's not I guess compelling and that's certainly not an American movie. No, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I do think that the more foreign movies we put into the bracket, the, yeah. the better this category is going to be. You know, this these mm-hmm. nominees because we're just so scared of it. And 1975, I, I mean, it's really only shampoo. I did think going into this that we were going to get a ton of like sex forward, sex positive right. movies, yeah. and it, they're not even really that complicated about sex. They're still such like old fashioned mores oh, in yeah. the movies that's the thing because they're all just a bunch of don drapers mm-hmm. it seems like and so it's like they've learned none of the good messages about sex sex isn't a place where two people go to connect in these movies it's a place where like the like dominant male narrative is replayed one more time or to forget like the horrors of existential life yeah totally <laughs> like, yeah i, I do want to shout out real quick uh, if you go to our apple podcast page and you look at the reviews a lot of it will say like these three are just Don Drapers. Mm-hmm, just that's based on looks. Yeah, we're not talking about like how we treat women and how we look at every piece of art and say it's about family. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're known for the shortest podcast in the biz. So, Holy Grail about family is that where we're at? Holy Grail, it's about family. <laughs> All right, Ryan, hit us with those noms. Your first nominee was mentioned in last week's show as a reason to watch Barry Lyndon. It's uh, the coldest orgy <laughs> in '75, yeah. which we don't see much of it except for like somebody coming up to Barry and saying like, "You have a call at the front desk." Yeah, <laughs> he has to leave. He looks so bored in it. Like, yeah, high as fuck too. It's like it's like okay, like well, let's check in on Barry's on the status of Barry's marriage, and it's like his wife lying down with his kids, and then cuts to him in a whorehouse and he just looks like with his he, babies he's not enjoying it at all which is a shame because Look, if you're gonna cheat on your wife enjoy it that's right the tips we <laughs> try to you know love what you're doing if you can't do what you love love what you're doing your next nominee is from monty python and the holy grail it's the almost orgy we get and i remember correctly not if i remember correctly that uh both of you were anti this scene an anti Michael Palin. That's who. That's this character. No, right? Michael Palin, moody favorite, takes yeah. to Brazil. Yeah, I thought he ruled in this movie and in this scene. Yeah, I'm the one who was, was Captain Poopy Pants. I feel like he uh, wrote himself a really. This is the problem with sex scenes in general. Is that the older I get, the more I'm like, yeah, but which one of these could possibly not be skeevy? Yeah, thinking about like, the context of at, the outside. The origin of this scene is him wanting to be with a bunch of scantily clad women who pretend like they want him so bad. The rest of the pythons wrote sketches. Yeah. And he wrote naked chicks around me, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and so then it's like, okay, this is it's weird. This is a weird thing. Look, dating was hard in 1975. Plus, it, it never like he never actually gets to have sex, right? Yeah. No. So that's funny. That is true, yeah. He, he likes edging. <laughs> Their names were like Dorcas and Buttfart. Yeah. That was so part of what I was so offended about. Was like he's like, no, there should be some jokes in it. Like, what if everybody has a really like just unusual name? And then in the commentary, which was it's a dual commentary because there was two directors, so I can't remember which Terry it was, mm-hmm. but one of the Terrys said, uh, I was really disappointed by how ugly all the girls were. <laughs> nice. Oh. Nice. That sounds like Gilliam. Nice. Meanwhile, it's like you filmed in England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Ouch! From Greg. 
<laughs> Spitting fire in England. All right, let's talk about something nice. The thing that well, I mean, what's the thing that we always talk about when it's time to talk about something nice? Your next but. nominee is Harry and Paula from Night Moves. Our favorites. Consenting adults. What? How he rare? Boots, How fun. he boots the fifteen-year-old out of his uh, little cabin so that. Later on, he can have sex with Paula. Get out of here, child. Hero? I'm going to have sex with an adult person. Not all heroes wear capes. All heroes do wear condoms. You know, <laughs> honestly, uh, we're, we're kind of we're making fun of this, but it should, this is, should be commended. Like, <laughs> the movie does a lot to pat itself on the back for this. Yeah. But having seen everything in 75, good. Yes. Good that somebody is taking the position that you should just, like, not even decide not to have sex with kids. But just, it should never even pop up. It shouldn't even be a decision that you have to make. Talking about uh, unsettling, except I guess this is the point of the movie, is the the movie, the context that created yes. the movie, are saying, isn't that crazy that he did that? Yeah. And you're like, no, that's... And there's the additional weirdness of like splicing together her 16 and 18-year-old body yeah. so they can show her naked. They're, not that the movie is free from it, but this one scene. Yes. And the fact that it's just consenting adults who are just like, Let's have sex because we like the idea of having sex with each other. I also, the reason I love this movie so much is because later on, Harry puts together that Paula had sex with him in part to distract him from other plans. And he's like, oh, that hurts my feelings. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he's a real dude. He's just you a know? person. Uh, your next nominee, uh, normal listeners, weirdo listeners may not know this, but Patreon is getting a special episode very soon. And uh, you may have noticed that Rocky Horror Picture Show has been... Uh, missing from all these all the seventy five talk. That's because we saved it for Patreon only. Boom. That show has not been released yet, but it's still eligible for awards and for best sex. We have Brad and Janet getting and staying in their underwear, just scamping around in their underwear, just I've, frolicking. And it, this movie uh, does such a good job of being like, you know what? Seeing people in their underwear is fun. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's and, part of the midnight show. Seeing people in their underwear is totally fun to right. Do. Yeah, that's an ex- expanded past this, and that. To me, that feels very, you know, sex positive. That's fun. I think this is because especially shampoo. I guess shampoo is an anti-sex positive. It's making fun of the people who say they are sex positive. But they're really just like using sex as like a drug. This movie is just purely like, let's all fuck. We're all hot. No matter who you are or how you look. And it's a good time. These clothes are hot no matter who wears them. You know? I thought that this movie, and you know, we get into this more on the Patreon, but I thought this movie would remind me of Tommy, another mm-hmm. movie that has been nominated for nothing so far. Um, <laughs> but this movie really reminds me more of Monty Python in that whole, it's not good. It's not a movie. But it's got that energy that is sort of like, you know, undeniable. It is, it's two movies in one, which mm-hmm. it tells you right away it's going to be. Rocky. And then Horror Picture And then the Horror yeah. Picture Show. And that doesn't work. And like uh, so, basically, what you have is like the op- it never does. Yeah. People, yeah. the opening is very good, and then the, the movie sort of continues into parts. People who have seen it a hundred times still can't remember. Yeah, the, <laughs> when there's laser guns, yeah, and dude, aliens, because it goes from it goes from horror to sci-fi. But right around that time, people are checking out because there's people literally in the theater running around in their underwear. And and also at that point, it's three a.m. Yeah. They say midnight show. They normally start around one, and you're like, I just need the to two screwdrivers that you like pounded <laughs> while you were in line are starting to catch up to you. Yeah, you have a middle of the night hangover. <laughs> Getting old's weird, man. Your final nominee for best sex is you, we knew we were going to be able. To, we were going to have to say George, right? Uh, yes. But it's with what woman? Uh, this nominee is actually Felicia, played by Lee Grant, who won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress, but was not nominated in for a Moody tonight. Goldie Hawn took that one down. Mm-hmm. But it's Lee Grant, and it's the opening sort of fumbly, bumbly around. Yeah. I, I think one of the best opening scenes of the year, 
uh, if not best, in that you hear people fucking and you're like, oh, that's hot. And mm-hmm. then you hear them, the the fumble kicks in and then the phone rings and it, it like sets up everything the movie is going yeah. to talk about happens right in that scene yeah it's a great opening yeah because he, he talks to goldie hans character yeah. and then she wants to the woman he's with wants to go with him but that can't happen because he's gonna go literally go bang another chick and so he's like you stay right here and i'm gonna come back and you don't even get out of this bed and it's gonna be so hot and we think that like he's gonna at least go see another mistress but no, it's his actual girlfriend. Yeah, yeah like he is leaving the mistress to go. It's so fun to parse out. Yeah. <laughs> but my big question would be like, it's very realistic. Like that that sort of like post-coital, like, okay, we were just animals with each other. And now, now we, we need to run away from Yeah, you. now I got to bounce. Um, obviously not very sexy, right? Very mm. real. But not fun. But I mean, and I mean, we do see, we do hear the sex when we don't see it. You know, it's on, it's black for a long time, yeah. And we hear it, and I, I love that. Like you said, like it's everything the movie's going to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't even see anything. Why are you uncomfortable right now? Yeah, you know, that's the movie <laughs> saying that. All right, your nominees are Barry's orgy, Michael Palin's orgy, <laughs> Harry and Paula, Brad and Janet, and George and Felicia. Man, please be Rocky Horror, right? <laughs> the almost orgy, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Boo. Are you going to boo a Moody? How yes. does that happen? Booty. Is, I'm rechecking the envelope. Is there, uh, is there another one in is there? Is this a joke win? It's for Moonlight. Well, that's a real shame. All right. That's crazy. I'm deeply disappointed. Again, I that. said last week, I don't get how voting works, but and see, this proves it. Remember, you know, we had so many distasteful ones yeah maybe that didn't get put in that category and so it got bumped up for that because there's no actual super yeah. uncomfortableness <laughs> around it but i was really hoping for the crazy kids from the rocky horror picture show so do, okay so that's what wins let's jump right in uh do you know what's best friends with best sex best violence oh we're going to it right now yeah let's do it uh what does violence mean to us by fighting and punching okay your first nominee <laughs> is from barry linden it's the father versus stepson at the concert. Oh, the slap oh, fight! Damn. <laughs> yeah, now, in a movie where you straight see like several characters get absolutely shot, uh, there is something so visceral about this like peck and palm oh, melee yeah. between father and son. And it's it's the realism of the this is how two dudes actually fight when they're at a bar. Yes, like right. just ew, stop, you scratch, slap, scratch, slap. And there's been so much simmering tension between mm-hmm. these two. And it comes out and like so many other fights, it's not glorious. Violence right. is like almost never fun or cool. Violence is often just emotional and terrible. Facts. Spit and fire. It's pure facts from the Gregster about violence. And yeah, this is... I love this too because Barry Lyndon is a, another one of these 75 heroes or protagonists, we'll say, that, you know, even though it takes place in the BC or whatever uh-huh. the fuck. Uh, long, long time. Long time. <laughs> um, it, it has these rules about masculinity, wants to be a man, wants to be looked at as a man, mm-hmm. and then he just breaks. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, like if you, if you just fake like that, you will break eventually. And he's just rolling around on the ground like a little baby. He thought he was going to outlast this kid. Yeah. That like one day this kid would capitulate, but the kid was too much like him. And it like, he raised him to be just too much of an asshole. A, a, nut, too, <laughs> a nut too tough to crack. Another uh, movie that we have not mentioned so far is Death Race 2000. Oh, yeah. Death 
Race. This is a, a movie that's basically just violence. Yeah. But the nominee tonight is the racers take out the hospital workers yeah. instead of the people in the yeah. wheelchair. That it's what's good about this is that's death race. Yeah. Like that is now the that's tone. Death race, baby. That's death race. <laughs> that's the tone this this movie is going for. You watch the characters just run down people who are trying to help the victims uh-huh. of previous violence. And it's so early in the movie, like it's really letting you know. And like, we see our heroes do it. Yeah. And it's like very campy. I'm rooting for them. <laughs> yeah, I it I don't know. It just it sets this tone that, you know, there's so much and so much of the it sets the tone, sorry, here's the point, that uh, of we're, that we're going to watch this Looney Tune, this live-action Looney yeah. Tune, you know? like To the point where we actually have somebody draw a tunnel on <laughs> yeah. a wall. And the sound effects when they hit the hospital yeah, workers are very... <laughs> okay, so I am always surprised every time I watch a Jaws by how violent it actually it, it is. Like, it was this blockbuster directed by Steven Spielberg. So you're like, all right, so little kids and magic, and it's an incredibly violent movie. But our nominee... The representative, this is the only one for this, is Jaws Exploding. That's the <laughs> Because that's boss's shit. <laughs> uh, probably the most fantastical thing to happen in the movie. The idea that if you shoot an oxygen tank, it will explode a big shark. If you shoot it well, while saying something cool, yeah. it will explode. <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, even though we kind of come to, like, identify with the shark mm-hmm. in this, ultimately we know he's got to go. You know, he's an agent of chaos, but those can't exist in perpetuity. They eventually have to go return to the deep. If he sails uh, away, then we'll have sequels. But it's also so... That sucks for the movie so much. Like, yeah. we'll be so unresolved. Yeah, if he's just like, bye. Yeah, wait. He gets blown up. How are there 18 Jaws yeah, sequels? Oh, More sharks. Yeah. And they remember. Sharks remember everything. Yeah. Revenging well, their mother. I, when I when we, we watched it for this season, it was clear to me that, like, uh, there's a lot of, like, intimating without ever saying that like maybe this is like a genius shark. yeah, yeah. like it's just like the the most dangerous shark of all time maybe a tactician <laughs> and it's like it it's that size right they yeah it is way bigger than any yeah. shark on record it's like so, a magic shark yeah so there yeah. is some magic going on at some point there's going to be the biggest shark that's ever attacked yeah. somebody and this is the movie that's going to be about it until the meg comes out the meg i just i love that about us that there's such brutal scenes, you know, the the skinny dippers and the little boy. There's the guy in the rowboat who gets uh-huh. fucking taken out. There's Quint's death. But we were like, no. When Exploding. That, when that shark explodes, <laughs> the bad guy gets it. I mean, I'm a kid. I'm, a, I'm like a 90s kid. So one of the foundational aspects of a movie is that it's going to be, there's going to be explosions in it, you know? You know you're a 90s kid when, when you one love of the foundational movies are <laughs> Your next comedy is from Monty Python. It is The Black Knight. It's centerpiece skit is about violence yeah it, it, this is the one everybody remembers this is when you go to hot topic there's a whole wall devoted to this yeah scene. <laughs> it's hard to it's like john berger's ways of seeing right it's very hard to see this scene now divorced mm. of years of uh-huh. reference years of commodification of it but i when, think we talked a lot in the episode about how much the movie has been ruined by dorks like us. Yeah, yeah definitely uh but when you are able to, when you are a serious movie reviewer like we are, and you're able to peer through that and pierce that veil, what you've got is a great bit. Yeah. It really does work. It's well shot. It's with no budget. It's hard to, to hack people's limbs yeah. off, and they did a good job with it. I it's think funny. it's a good example. I don't know if this makes sense, but like a good thing to show, a, a good example of British comedy to show an American, mm-hmm. you know, like the absurdity and the length 
how right. it just keeps going is very yeah. British, but there's blood, so Americans can watch yeah, it. Yeah, we look blood. I also he's prototypical Michael Scott. An absurd amount of confidence for somebody who's pretty bad at what they do. Robo <laughs> feral character. Yeah. And we love that. And your final nominee is Harry and Tanaka Ken versus the entire Yakuza. Okay, so ultimately, this movie wants to be like a contemplation and a character study. But we, got, we have to sell tickets. And when I was reviewing all these myself for what I was going to vote for, I was like, okay... This is a lengthy sword fight. Yeah. In, in the context of the movie, I was like, this is probably too much. In the context of best violence, I was like, this is the only katana-based <laughs> sword fight in this entire catalog. It's a sword fight so long you watch all participants get out Exhausted. of breath. <laughs> they yeah. take a time out. <laughs> Imagine like like when we I think when we think of a sword, for whatever reason, we think of it as being light. But they're like six feet of steel. They're heavy. You gotta swing those things around all day. Did that happen in the Expendables movies? Because that whole gimmick is how old they are. Mm-hmm. You know, I like how everybody in this movie is pushing fifty. Yeah. Yeah. And to put this in the movie of like, hold on. Like time out. <laughs> and after all of that, one more Yakuza guy shows up and they're yeah. like, Oh shit. No, he's young. <laughs> I'm starting to get so sore. <laughs> Stay warm. Stay warm, Ken. Move your legs. So your nominees are The Father versus the Stepson, Barry Lyndon. The Racers Take Out the Hospital Workers from Death Race. Jaws Explodes. Uh, the Black Knight from Monty Python. And Harry and Tanaka Ken versus the entire Yakuza. See, these are almost all more fun than the sex. Envelope. Yes. That's so weird. That's well, America, messed up. Violence is sex, which is a problem. <laughs> We're going to get to that next, everybody. Father versus stepson, yeah. Barry Lyndon. I, these awards are surprising, and I love it. This is because this is the heart of violence. The heart of violence is a father and son just like rolling around on the gla- ground, smacking at each other. It's what we want to do to our fathers. Yeah, it's what we want to do to our sons. And we could finally take our dad. Yeah, dude, we're ready. It's, we're especially ready. if we strangers on a train. It, <laughs> <laughs> Greg, you take my dad. I take Ryan's dad. Ryan, take you. Take Greg's dad. All right, that is best sex. That is best violence. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, start making some movies fight. Recording. Taste buds, it's going to hurt right now. It's Jaws versus Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah. Beast versus Beast. So on a very fundamental level, this was always going to happen. It's just, we thought maybe it would be the finals and not. Do you? Does this feel like the final, Liam? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think so. Uh, you've got the most 75 movie of all time, which is Dog Day Afternoon, but that's not the only thing we consider. The, like, the origin of the modern blockbuster, probably, like, a, a movie that helped create the idea that there would be a podcast like this, mm-hmm. is Jaws. So, it's the, it's the two titans of the year, and whoever wins this, I, I I think is probably going to do pretty well in the next round as well. <laughs> Great hate sports. Uh, I yeah, I think that Dodd Day Afternoon was again like I mentioned this last week, but the the revelation that watching you guys have of you know you guys were both so excited about the season, but Dodd Day what Dodd Day did to you guys. I thought was so important for the rest of the season. Yeah. yeah. Just to get pumped up about how films work in this year. Right. And how, and you know, we've only done years of our lifetimes before and they're very different than this year. Very you know? different. So we, we sort of thought that like good movies work like this and you trick yourself to, if you just watch from a particular era, you sort of trick yourself into thinking that, uh, Dog Day was, Dog Day was the movie that set this season aflame. Yeah. Not, and not just what it does 
artistically, which is so much. But I thought I was too old to have a fit new favorite movie. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, at a certain point, you're just like, you can't do that anymore. It went past Hocus Pocus. It's yeah, it's no longer move over Hocus. So Pocus. now it's Dog Day Afternoon, Hook Hocus Pocus. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. And then Hocus Pocus. Why isn't that a movie? I want that cinematic universe. And Jaws is a movie that True. while you're watching it, <laughs> you feel like. I forgot how good this was. That's I forgot a, how good every single second of this was. That's the thing, ultimately, to me, is that... I like, And we talked about this on the show. I don't... There's so much of Jaws. It's not forgettable. It's just that there's so much to it that you right. inevitably... And I think the example I used on our episode was the two guys on the dock. Yeah. And the yeah. dock just gets taken away. Jaws has so many moments that a scene that could be number one in so many other movies is like number 25. Uh, I didn't... I don't want to go chalk you know mm-hmm. in these seasons um but while uh, i was watching jaws i was like Fuck. it's and it, it does so well as a horror like those parts are scary when yeah. the, the shark is as an allegory for how politics are bumfucked uh i think why you forget is also because of the first blockbuster thing and blockbusters are so dumb these days yeah uh you your skyed scrapers your uh What's the other the earthquake one? I got to think of non rock movies like <laughs> volcano. Well, yeah. So, so but they're so big and dumb and have San nothing Andreas. to say. San Andreas, thank you. Uh, your Jumanji's that you forget that Jaws is a blockbuster and doing a lot more than blockbusters do. I mean, the first ten minutes, we almost did a segment where we just walked through the first ten minutes and how literally every frame is important to the mm-hmm. past, the present, yeah. or the future of that movie. That's just not what you expect from a movie like this. Yeah. And maybe one of the first times a movie showed us that if you are a New York cop, there's literally no other job that you wouldn't be perfect at. <laughs> You're a New York cop? Oh, well, you'll be great at fighting a shark. <laughs> I mean, right away, like, he starts doing the research and going into it. Encyclopedic research, too. Yeah, like, literally, like, looking through an encyclopedia. <laughs> oh, that's a shark. <laughs> okay, that's what they look like. They're sort of missile-shaped. I also love, maybe not for Mike, because his second favorite movie is Hook, but for me and Greg it's easy to forget about Spielberg. I think this is the sh- yeah. the third episode we've done, right? We did a Patreon for AI, mm-hmm. and Color Purple was in the 85 bracket, yeah. I believe. That guy's career is or fucking no, insane. Color Purple was a Patreon, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we just remember the war horses of it all, like yeah. this schmaltzy guy who kind of lost it. His old, and, tired movies, right? And, right, and we don't even remember why he had it. You know, it was so long ago. But Jesus Christ, now I remember. Yeah, and... I would love for him to be like, I can tackle horror again. Like, yeah. I want to see what he's got because, yeah, it's even if you go past War Horses, it's ET, and you're like, I bet ET is similar to Jaws, where you're like, I the moon and the kid <laughs> yeah. feels it's something, pretty good, whatever. Right? whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, his, but I bet watching it that it's packed. His next movie is a hardcore gang movie. Is that horror horrifying to you? Yes. Okay. What? West Side Story. Oh. Yeah. He's going back to his roots with sharks. <laughs> <laughs> but, if, you know, for all the talk of, like, the the sharkedness of Jaws, I remember the shot that I was most impressed with in that movie was when they go, they take the ferry across, mm-hmm. and just, like, that one continuous shot of the, of the conversation yes. that they have while they board the ferry and go across it. It's like he always finds a way to inject action and right. intrigue into a shot, even if it's kind of mundane. And it's so crazy that you can feel... Sort of like when you're watching Reservoir Dogs or Mean Streets, you can feel the like 
so often youth and inexperience is such a bad thing. You right. know, like we, we see so many videos on the internet where youth and inexperience is terrible, but that you, you feel the whole like, uh, I don't know, put it, put it at the edge of the ferry and we'll film it that right. way. Where like, an older Spielberg or a lesser director would just be like, they're in an office, right? <laughs> Set up the camera, they're talking. <laughs> I, have, I actually have to go, but some, some assistant director will do this. I don't want to film outside in the daytime. <laughs> But Dog Day. But Dog Day. A if you wanted to like talk film with somebody, I think Dog Day is going to be lead to more interesting conversations mm-hmm. and really did set the stage for understanding 75. But see, I disagree with that. That's the thing is that I like I love Dog Day, but I think Jaws has it in the conversations as well with the filming, with the structure, mm-hmm. with the like I think there's more to thematically break down. Like, I think it's arguably the best movie of all time. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to win this because we do different things here. It's right. not just a ranking. But I, th- I, like, I, I give that, I think that gives Jaws short shrift. Yeah. Maybe it's because it feels like it, it's, there's a more academic. Or maybe because there's not a big fucking shark eating people. Yeah. Like, maybe that's all it is, is that, like, you automatically. Like, like how we go against comedies, yeah. we go against genres yeah. as a society. Hey, Greg, the shark in Dog Day, it's capitalism. Yeah, I was going to say, it's the system <laughs> itself, right? It's chewing everybody up. And, and both movies have like the, the crowd being like... Dumb a, as hell. Yeah, dumb <laughs> and like um, but not unreliable. Just dumb, but, but like dumber than they are individually. Yeah. You know, yeah. That whole like mob mentality. And violent. Yeah, and always on the edge of, of losing it. Yeah, I, 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 it's do you want the thinkier version of that or do you want the shark chewing people up exploding version of that can i just say to mr lumet who is dead and mr spielberg who will die one day uh thank you i don't know who's gonna win or lose but thank you to both of you for these two movies yes and i mean they were paid for them they were money they were compensated so (laughs) i don't they don't need to be thanked by us it's just their job that's like saying i don't need a tip they're gonna If, if i were to say you guys hate this question i ask all the fucking time anyway. If I were to say, <laughs> we're going to pop one in right now. We're going to watch a movie. What movie do you, would you rather watch? I mean, not only is it a terrible question that we both hate, but yeah. I also think that we're <laughs> weird, you know, because we might say Mir. Right. Yeah. You know, that sounds so fucking like sucking our own dicks bullshit. Like, we're, we love film. But um, I think that question doesn't work because, you know, sometimes we just watching Mir for a third time sounds good. I still think it's Jaws, though. I, but yeah, I think it's different. We're recording versus if you ask me in eight hours, my yeah. mood will be different. I'll be much drunker. So, because like, for me, no matter when you ask, eight hours from now, Mike will be drunker. For me, there's almost no situation in which I would rather watch Dog Day Afternoon than Jaws. Jaws mm-hmm. is like, uh, the, like you could on almost any situation you could pop Jaws in, and it's it's got comedy, yeah. it's got drama, it's got action, it's got, it's a, got little men, sex, <laughs> a little bit of sex, a little bit of skinny dipping in there you got a great singing scene it it basically moves through all the genres like one at a time in a very orderly way and then there are a lot of shots that are just so fun the other one is when they're walking and the whole time they're having a conversation and then they like stop at this perfectly framed shot of the billboard which has been defaced to add a shark attack to it i mean there's a point where Brody points down and Richard Dreyfuss is like, oh, I'm sorry. And then moves over. So he actually hits his mark. And then they keep talking. <laughs> that's how perfectly framed it is. <laughs> All right. We have to vote. Ryan. It's Jaws. Greg. 
I think for me, Dog Day Afternoon is nineteen seventy five. There's no separation in there for me, and so and in such a big way that even though Jaws is a more fun movie, Dog Day Afternoon just like kind of changed my relationship to film and it helped me understand 75 mike has your vote mattered yet no i think this is the first time it's mattered can we hold hands take it away kiddo you guys can hold each other's hands too you asked for a lot as a host it's dog day afternoon oh! i'm sorry ryan <laughs> for all the reasons greg said and more and smarter we might lose our podcasting license this, this time i'm serious the best movie of all time is not the best movie of 75 Where's your af- science now, God? <laughs> dog Day Afternoon. Yeah, is- Dog Day Afternoon the, is it? Uh, my, I don't know if my, my brain changed after watching Jaws. I think one thing that I, might have hurt Jaws to me is I have seen it so many times, mm. and it's impossible to really probably strip away all those other times I've watched it. I had never seen Dog Day, and so I was absolutely just. I was gobsmacked. Let's have Greg try to strip away, and then let's do a revote. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, see if that can happen, and we come back. Awards. <laughs> well, that is very, very funny, or very sad, and perhaps now you have something to think about, or very problematic, and perhaps we have something to think about. But in any event, I'm sure you have some reaction to what you're listening to, so why not check us out on the social media? You can go to Instagram or Twitter and find us at your pop filter email contacts at your pop filter hey everybody keep watching them movies. we are back to awards starting with one of my favorites musical moments of the season your first musical moment is from nashville yeah, which makes sense i'm gonna have to describe a lot of these because yeah. there are 300 i believe 12 hours of music or something. Yeah, every <laughs> character has three unique songs. <laughs> that A lot of them wrote themselves, yeah. which is such an impressive part of the making of that movie. But uh, this one is, I think, the Oscar winner. So we fucked up. We copied the Oscars. This nominee is uh, Robert Carradine. No, Keith Carradine singing I'm Easy oh, while yeah. staring at Lily Tomlin in the back of the bar. Oh, that is a good scene. Very like laid back, <laughs> very seventies sound. Uh, every woman in the bar assumes because he he does the interlude. It's about a special someone who showed up. He didn't think he'd see her. Yeah, uh, he's like the rocker, right? Who's part, sort of in the folk scene. And yeah, he's he's the, just banging everybody. Yeah. and like like he's shampoo style. Girl, yeah, like say, leaving the bed of one yeah. to go to another. I mean, when Lily Tomlin leaves. He calls another girl, uh-huh. but only to make Lily Tomlin jealous. Yes. Uh, this is the Peter, Paul, and Mary in a world where one of them left and became, like, went solo and became yeah. a star on their own. And you, there's a scene where Paul and Mary are in the audience pissed. Yeah. yeah. Until he gets them on stage. And, but also, when he, like, uncorks this song, you've kind of hated him. You've hated that he's separating them. You've hated that he's just banging on everybody around. But he's just performing this song, and you're like, oh. Yeah. I yeah, get it he now. he's way more talented. Wait, <laughs> long haired dude with a guitar. I got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, they, they will always be the best. <laughs> <laughs> Your next nominee is from. Uh, it's a musical moment from Rocky Horror Picture Show. I this is, I believe, a pair of lips singing science fiction double feature. It iconic. Yeah, uh, inarguably iconic. Uh, it could have been for best sex the way the lips bite themselves. <laughs> uh, it's, Damn, dude. Uh, Gold. I want Twizzlers just thinking about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. It's a gold shimmery outfit. Uh, Columbia. It's her lips. Um, fucking awesome. And really, like, lets you know 
what to expect. Mm. Kind of yeah. sets, sets the stage for you. Yeah, it tells you the plot so you're not worried about what's going on anymore. I The thing I appreciate it most is the lyrics because... Remember when Grindhouse came out and nobody liked it because we didn't understand what a Grindhouse theater was? Yeah. Right. Uh, it's like a double feature, and a lot of people just walked out after the first movie because they literally <laughs> didn't understand the Movie concept. done, going home now. <laughs> and I love how everybody in the audience said that before they left. <laughs> um, but this is like, this is listing uh, references yeah. and, and like what influenced the movie. Like, it literally is just a list of things that they like. Yeah. And again, the movie shouldn't be a double feature. No. A movie should just be one movie. Yeah. Yeah. Especially this movie is long and meandering at a certain yeah. point, so it should not be. Maybe something punchy before it if you're going to double it up. Yeah, Rocky Horror Picture, maybe a, a tight 70, 65 maybe. I'm not sure how long it really is, but that would be a good Feels length for three it. three hours. Yeah. But in the middle of the night. It's Have you guys been, it's fucking so long and you're so tired. I've never, <laughs> I cannot stress that enough. I've only, I've only seen it a couple of times and I think it feels different when you're at home watching it than oh, yeah. when you are, yeah. Well, you guys dressed up though when you watched it, right? Yeah, oh, of course. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I find any excuse I have to slip on a pair of my wife's panties, you know I'm doing it. So, if Nashville and Rocky are musicals, then this is our only non-musical nominee of the night. <laughs> it's uh, "Show Me to the Way to Go Home" from Jaws. This song is in my head all the time. You like, it's just them drunk. Tired and I want to go, go home. <laughs> <laughs> It is, uh, again, see yourself on screen is always nice. <laughs> and to, to Is this the first podcast? They go through all of the emotions in that song of like, we're having fun and drinking. And then, oh, no, I'm thinking about the lyrics. Are we going to go home? Like, it's, it's fucking powerful. It gets powerful. violent. There's like a very sexual vibe to like their sort of interaction. Oh, yeah. They start wrapping limbs around each other. Yeah. yeah. In a way with like the day before they would not have touched each other. Right. And but it's like, okay, you've been on a boat and a little bit of liquor changes a lot of things. You've been at sea for seven hours. <laughs> like, obviously if you're going to be out on the water for a few days, but seven hours, come on guys, let's uh, keep it together. <laughs> spoken like a man who's never been on the sea. <laughs> I, we have been on the sea for about that time, the three of us, and it got a little erotic, yeah. but yeah. to be fair, it was erotic before we got on the boat. So. It almost always is. Yeah. But our show me the way you want to go home was uh, a little on the nose. I'm on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of a little er- erotic, it's Sweet Transvestite from Rocky Horror Picture Show. I think straight up the best song in the movie. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's pretty like, is, that's is a that popular everybody? opinion. Oh, okay. yeah. For sure. Uh, I know just Time Warp gets so much play, but when you uh, actually stack it up, like thinking about it for this award, I was like, Time Warp is dumb as hell. <laughs> like, yeah. I think I like Time Warp is, is a fun song, yeah. but this is the song. This is the entire movie. This is it's Tim Curry centric. You're getting exactly what mm-hmm. you want out of the experience of the movie. So sexy, so sexy. Your final nominee is from Nashville. It's "It Don't Worry Me," and "It Don't Worry Me" is the song that is sang at the very end yeah. after the assassination attempt. Uh, somebody comes out, picks up the mic, and sort of brings everyone together by this. Mostly, it's just those words repeated over yeah. and over yeah. endlessly. But people forget about that assassination pretty quick and just start singing the song. And it, it's so powerful, especially if uh, the crowd didn't get to watch the whole movie like we did, but that you've seen her in the background with scenes failing throughout yeah. the movie, and then you're like, she's the one doing it now. And there's things she says in the movie that she says in the song. Mm-hmm. And you know, you've seen her as like the real spirit that has been lost. Yeah. That finds its way back in like the darkest moment. And I love the whole, like we have to move on. Yeah. We have to keep living after all the assassinations that happened in the sixties, but also 
just the the price of fame is that you have to take Dance your monkey. moment disregarding like yeah. everything else around you. Right. All right, so your nominees are from Nashville, I'm Easy and It Don't Worry Me. From Rocky Horror, it's Science Fiction and Sweet Transvestite. And from Jaws, Show Me the Way to Go Home. Ryan, are you upset there's no Tommy in here? Uh, I think uh, the one, the only one that I'm really upset about, I thought Pinball Wizard was sort of like a slam dunk. Yeah. Because Elton John's in it. Sure. But uh, the one that I bummed about is Champagne, where Anne Margaret... The rolls in the beans. Rolls around in the beans. <laughs> and then some kids behind her stood up and said, she's rolling around in beans. And everyone laughed at her. All right. Your musical moment of 1975 is Sweet Transvestite yeah. from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Jaws is just... Did you guys watch Jaws? Did you guys... <laughs> you think... I, I want to go home didn't watch Jaws. You think this is as big an upset as when... Jaws lost. Oh, the I dog forgot about that. Now I'm doubly mad. Uh, your next award is biggest shithead, Ryan. <laughs> Take that, it away. Sort of, there's sort of a feeling there, like he's almost calling you the biggest shithead. All right, so biggest shithead of the movie. Who do you want to punch the most? Not necessarily the antagonist, but uh, the biggest shithead, I guess. Yeah, yeah it's like I not the person that. that does the worst things. It's not a villain. It almost can't be the villain. It's no, it's uh, we say that the Ellis Award. Yeah, from yeah. Die Hard. It's not the bad guy from Die Hard. It's just the shithead. Have we <laughs> talked about how hard that guy's life was? How he was a super nice guy, and like it was hard for him to find work, either I'm acting sure. or otherwise, after that movie. I, the I think about the kid who played Joffrey in Game of Thrones all the time yeah. and weep for him, <laughs> like. <laughs> Your first nominee is from Barry Lyndon. Oh, this is another six one. So nice. just There's too a lot many of shit incredible <laughs> shitheads of 75. First one is Barry Lyndon. It's John Quinn. This is the guy who actually does marry the cousin. Yeah. Mm. I'm not accom- accustomed to being treated in this manner. He's like always so offended. Uh, ladies must not... Ex- gentlemen must leave the field when ladies exchange gifts with other gentlemen. <laughs> uh, Barry Lyndon has a lot of George from Shampoo himbo energy. Yeah. And you can see how it makes dudes upset just standing around him you know yeah and eventually barry Lyndon does like throw food or wine at him right but before that he's just standing there just like doing his little jive and <laughs> yeah. uh it makes people like john quinn f- infuriated he is just like that aristocratic you should just give me the respect no matter what i'm, I'm like i'm an englishman and i'm amongst the irishmen oh and they should just kind of genuflect anytime i do anything so then when they act irish you know pop <laughs> off hard to hard and he gets upset yeah <laughs> When he did a jig with a potato, yeah. Your next one is from the Day of the Locust. It's a door. Yeah. See, this is where it's like, you don't have to be a villain who takes people's lives. This is a child. Mm-hmm. This is a small this, boy. This is it's a, so it's not a literal door. No. <laughs> a door. It's it's played by Jackie Earl Haley from uh, Bad News Bears. He only and, plays shitheads though, right? And from Watchmen. From Watchmen, yeah. This is Rorschach. Freddy Krueger, the reboot. And this... Little but he's girl, like 10 here. And he's playing a little girl, I think. Uh, this little girl is so annoying that when a character stomps her to death, what? you're like, well, <laughs> like, she wouldn't stop singing that song. Tell she, me she, I want to go. She sings Jeepers Creepers. Uh, where'd you get them peepers? Yes. Why was it that nominated for a musical moment? Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, so I definitely, I think this little girl who does <laughs> die in the movie might win Biggest Shithead. Mike, uh, do me a favor because you didn't watch the movie. And everybody listening at home, uh, flatten out your hands and put your thumbs to your temples 
and then yeah. put one hand down and then the other hand down. Yeah. This is this character is the living embodiment of that <laughs> fucking bullshit. Like with your tongue stuck out and just torments this yeah. giant man until he has no choice but this to stop her to death. Seemingly inoffensive, mm-hmm. man. Like the only bad thing he really does is he stomps this child <laughs> to death. And we're even sure that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right, who's next? Your next one, I guess I'm going to have to explain to you. Uh, This is Mayor Vaughn from Jaws. And as two people who did not watch the movie, this was (laughs) the guy. This was like a little Trumpy mayor who thought that it was more important to keep the beach open than protect people's lives. The guy with little anchors on his jacket? I was going to say, got a little suit. (laughs) Killer fashion. I cannot wait till my customer. Wait, are you the mayor of a maritime town? (laughs) How did you know? Do you see my jacket? (laughs) Of course I am. A sash that said mayor of a maritime town (laughs) would have not been more obvious than that suit. He not only demands that the beaches be left open, Mm -hmm. he walks up to a city councilman and is like, get your family out into the shark waters right now. (laughs) Go serve up your fucking kid to the shark for my town and it's crazy that they do they're yeah. like i guess we should feed our kids but, to well, the, is the mayor. jaws of death i don't understand who that person is because mayors actually have no power right they actually try to earn their power from like donors or oh, that's how all politicians is this this guy can't be a donor because that's no. not how you who is this person i don't i mean carcetti got people to do things on the wire so it's just like it's all about deals well he's also what's his name little finger little finger so i uh, this is the perfect example of being a shithead because Jaws, that's probably the bad guy of this movie. Yeah. yeah but not Definitely. a shithead. Jaws no. is not a shithead. No. no. I Jaws mean, is a cool bro. The movie goes out of its way to be like, this is actually a, a cool shark. And if the, if the it's thing- It's wearing puka shells. Yeah. If the thing it we're doing was not eating humans, I think we could probably get along with this yeah, shark. Yeah. But- out karaoke or whatever. <laughs> gotta draw the line. Your next nominee is from Salo. It's the president. Yeah, so there's a lot of shitheads and there's a lot of shit-eating grins in Sallow. Why is the president the no- the lone nominee, Mike? The president is uh, somebody, I feel like, disrespectfully called him the googly eyes on that episode. And uh, he always has the smirk. Other people sometimes seem like, not never conflicted, but like, there's a compulsion I have to do this. And he's always yeah. like, isn't this a larf? They're, e- they're either doing their duty or eating their duty. Their duty. And... He he really wants to be a jackass, and he like he's so it feels like this guy is upset he was the president and not a jester, and he just like wants to make everybody laugh, and he's not funny. There, there's this impression that these four fascist rulers, so it's the president, the duke, the, the magistrate, yeah, it's just names for leaders, and <laughs> three of them the are really controlled by the law. You know, we're like we're fascists, so we have to do this, and then like their horniness you know Mm -hmm. like our penis controls us that's why we have to do these things yeah and this guy is just different than them the the the, the president i think why he's the biggest shithead is uh they're eating a nice dinner it's before poop eating starts they're eating an actual meal thank you for clarifying Uh, (laughs) and uh one of the soldiers hilariously starts raping one of the serving girls and so the president goes i don't like the attention the soldier's getting and just starts mooning people showing everybody his butt that's his big bit. But while mooning, they're trying to eat. mooning is showing people your butt. Yeah, he's this doing is holes. showing butthole. Spread cheeks, fruit bowl. Yeah, wow. and he just calmly looks at them, shows him his butt, and then moves on. Uh, but it's it's like uh, like let's say you're at a wedding, right? All the tables are close together. So he goes to table five, and he's like, "Ha look at this!" Table six is watching that. Then he goes to table six, and he's like. I have a surprise for you guys. And <laughs> looks so upset that they are not reacting the way he wants them to react. Like I'm gonna say, the president not a good guy. No, sounds like a shithead. <laughs> <laughs> Your 
Your next nominee is from Shampoo. This is... Okay, so Johnny Pope is not going to come off as much of a shithead compared to the president from Solo. Right. But is he still a shithead at all? Johnny Pope is uh, Goldie Hawn's date. Sort yes. of like this uh, tinted glasses sort of a producer. Jason Schwartzman type, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I would say he gets like... He's implicated. You know, you mm. get the sense that he's like the next shithead. Mm. The next <laughs> shithead to come down He's envious of shitheads. Yeah, so he's like a future shithead. He... He's this type of guy who, like, almost it comes off like he doesn't have the courage to be a shithead, but he's like sort of developing that courage by like this series of mm-hmm. mistreating women on on a small scale. Do you know what he is more than that? Is he is a shithead commentator? Like yes. he's like in the booth saying like, "Oh, why did that guy go over there? Uh, he did this because of this." Like he sort of knows all of the moves. He knows the moves and also thinks he's better and will try to get women by pointing out that other dudes are shitheads while being a shit because he's also trying to cast Goldie Hawn in his movie while trying to fuck her that night. Right. Like, because he's like, well, I'm pointing out other guys are shitheads, so how could I be a shithead kind of shit? Yeah. I got to say, man, if your name is Johnny Pope, you're not, not going to be a shithead. Johnny Pope. Your final nominee is from the Yakuza. It's George Tanner, which is Robert Mitchum's, like, best friend. Okay. This guy is a shithead. Yeah. He is absolutely drowning, and he reaches out, and he grabs a friend from his past and pulls him into it. And then later is kind of like, yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm a shithead. I'm George Tanner. Like, he honestly uses several times the excuse, I'm, I'm a shithead. Yeah. I'm just a big shithead. To Robert Mitchum and to the yes. Yakuza. Yeah. The Yakuza are like, and you can't do this. You can't screw over because we're, remember, because we're the Yakuza? And he's I'm like, George Tanner. I'm just a big but- shitty. With the Yakuza, it works. Yeah, They're like, I guess does. you are. Let's yeah. be friends again. They're not sure what to do. They're like, but we, we use swords on people. And he's like, I don't know. No, Sorry. please don't, though. But also, <laughs> but with what Ro- if we kill one of my old friends? Okay, you're in charge of the Yakuza now. <laughs> but with Robert Mitchum, it sort of works, too, just because, I mean, that's how friends work. You know, like mm. when you're friends with dudes, this is sort of how it works. And Robert Mitchum's past love is like, do you not see this? Yeah. And he's like, I don't. But if it turns out to be true, which it does... What am I going to do, you know? It's uh, just a guy. Kill him, just which a guy. I do love. If George <laughs> yeah. Tanner got away with it, I would be furious. So your nominees are John Quinn from Barry Lyndon, Adore from The Day of the Locust. This is a heated battle right yeah, now. Yeah, dude. Mayor Vaughn from Jaws, The President from Salo, Johnny Pope from Shampoo, and George Tanner from The Yakuza. So whoever wins this will be stomped to death by that giant man. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. And Adore, if it's not Adore, will come back to life. Your... Winner of Biggest Shithead of 1975 is the president from Salo. Hey, Salo got an award. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, more battles. Hola, Felterinos. I just wanted to interrupt real briefly and say thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. If you want to support us a little more directly, you can go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. There, depending on what tier you pick, $1 a month, $5 a month. If you're crazy, anything more than $5 a month, don't do that. You can get extra content. There's extra shows, extra series, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, you could pay for Ryan to draw you a picture. Uh, I can write you a poem. You can get the shirts off our very own backs. All of that and so much more over at patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. While you're on the internet, you should check out Shady Monk. He does all the tunes you've been listening to. He's on Bandcamp. He's on Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, wherever kids get their music these days that I'm too old to know. Shady Monk lives there. Uh, You can probably follow him on Twitter and Instagram as well. That's Shady Monk. Wherever you get music, check him out. Taste Buds, this is our penultimate battle. 
Mirror versus One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Now, this is a great matchup because we are definitely looking at a very 1975 movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, second movie of all time to win the top five Oscars. Yeah. And then an extremely good movie that I don't think anybody in 75 knew anything about and that nobody to this day (laughs) most people don't i mean it had a uh criterion release Uh and right when we were recording in fact i think i asked you two to push it up yes a couple weeks so i could get it um which is such like weird synchronization there but this so what you're saying greg is like this really challenges what it means to be movie of the year yeah like i mean because we always talk about it it's a bunch of different things mm-hmm. not just that you're really good it's not but one of them is that like how much you are associated with the year and if i say to you 75 someone's going to go dog day or they're going to go jaws right but they nobody's going to be like mirror, mirror. <laughs> you know maybe one person in america would do that somebody's going to go mandingo and you should stay away from that person yeah maybe somebody goes dolmite that person's probably fun that probably that's probably fun so it's quality over year and not that not that one floor of the cuckoo's is a bad movie it's not bad. but if you watch these movies back to back it's like w- what you said earlier ryan one of them feels like okay this is definitely a mass produced like there's a movie for the the masses versus this is a movie for people the you know, mirror being a movie for people that like really want to analyze what they're watching and like try to figure it out. Do you feel like a shithead when you say things like that? No, because I think it's like I always do. It's part it's when part, Greg says it, you feel like a yeah, shithead. I always feel like it's part of the DNA of the show. I think we're shitheads. We are the biggest shitheads. Yeah. But no, I think it, it's uh, a Greg line. I think about a lot in these two movies. Have it is movies can be so many things. And yeah. Isn't that crazy that these are the same thing? Because we do have. Uh, just normal narrative mass produced thing and then a poem a visual poem that's yeah. what there is and honestly in this situation that we're in right now i wish that one flu had been as bad or annoying as i thought it yes. was going to be before we watched it for sure I, I that's the i think the most shocking thing of the whole season is i was i went arms crossed be like all right 1975 yeah. crash show yeah. me what's up and then and, yeah instead it was like oh wow this is oh. a very entertaining very thought provoking very interesting and obviously incredibly influential mm-hmm. movie is it the most entertaining movie maybe jaws is no yeah jaws the blockbuster but this but is probably like, the second one yeah. yeah over all these movies that we talked about like i would say more than three days like this is such popcorn mm-hmm. entertainment you know and I just keep thinking of, remember when Chief uh, gets good at basketball, the way he walks afterwards? <laughs> yeah, I've been walking that's around my swagger. neighborhood in the mornings, and that's how I've been walking, dude. Well, Best Strut is coming at Pernod Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> well, there's one nominee, because there's a clear winner. <laughs> but uh, Mirror, like, is one of these movies that I, I think of as, like, changing my relationship with with cinema, sure right like uh what was it come away was another one come and see come, come and see, see yeah. was another one um those were two <laughs> yeah you know, just all of these far and away fargo i mean really some of the classics but like i i was so challenged by it and then it took me on such a journey and really trying to, to figure out what was going on and figure out what it meant and then finally giving over to like being like but also feeling it yeah. And that shithead feeling that I get, but Greg doesn't, uh, I do want to point out that we always let one movie in per year into mm-hmm. the top eight, but never more than one. Yes. Yeah. You know, like, we're like, we want to be challenged, but 
Not really. Once in a while, <laughs> we want to be challenged. I think so. Yeah. I mean, we still want the popcorn movies, right? Like part of the part of the I think idea behind everything we do is that like we are idiots, but we just like to think about stuff. We're yeah. just, we're not good at it, but we're like we're so, trying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you are going to be dumb and fun, but do that effectively, that's going to win us over. Yeah. But if you want to be crunchy and chewy and difficult, yeah. But that is also rewarding at the end of it. Like, then we are going to to reward that. But uh huh. It's one flew of the cookies nest does not suck. As we have said, it's a good movie. Is that damn? Fan, no, 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 fan no, no, no. Because it would be, it would be really a very, very difficult decision if One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest was a shit movie. Right. It. It's not shit, and I also think it's that it's crunchier than expected. Yeah. I think both when it came out and even more what fifty years later, I think there's a lot to chew on on what this movie is trying to do and say. A nor a dumb popcorn movie. You're like, oh, it's saying it's bad. Like, yeah. Uh, I like we talked about on the show nobody heard so we can repeat ourselves here. Uh I don't know if Ratchet is that villainous and that made some people very angry at me. Also she's not that old I realized watching <laughs> yeah, the movie yeah. this time. She's Wait a minute. A babe. This is yeah. She's actually a really attractive young woman who is just trying to do her fucking job. <laughs> just like Max von Sydow. Why do we love Max von Sydow but we hate Nurse Ratchet? We love people's personalities even if what they do is so shitty and he's a vile person but he's got such a great little personality that <laughs> but like i do want to point out that i thought that the movie for the first hour and a half was incredibly awesomely complicated about nurse ratchet yeah what she does in the final act where she basically says hey dorf go kill yourself yeah that i mean like yeah. she we're really against does push, yeah, yeah she does push him to it and that is and that's when jack nicholson chokes her which that is crazy too. That's upping it to a whole new level. But also with that, it does make her. Now I understand why she has her villainous, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, watching so much of the movie, I was like, "This is insane that she's this villain." Where like, are you at with Mir, though, Mike? Because I feel like only Greg and I have talked about that. Yeah, reflect on that. <laughs> it is. I think because it's so hard, it's the one I've thought about the least. But then anytime oh. I think about it, you just kind of zone out and start drooling because there's all the scenes you're like, what was that ghost lady there? What does that mean? Like he wasn't there. So he's reflecting on his relationship with his son and just assuming what his son would be like that. Like it. Yeah, I, I want to rewatch it. It was so good. A movie I've hated for years. Stalker. I want to go back and rewatch that because uh, Tarkovsky and well, I feel like your first Tarkovsky, if Stalker was your first Tarkovsky, yeah. like you're just going to hate your first Tarkovsky, you know? <laughs> like you just don't understand that like I'm being presented ideas that I will not fully grasp ever and yeah. not even approach grasping for 3 4 rewatches. So you the first time you watch the first Tarkovsky, it's like, well fuck this shit then. And I was 22 and dumb as hell. I'm going to say 22-year-olds shouldn't watch Tarkovsky <laughs> expecting to enjoy it. <laughs> like <laughs> I guess rip the bandaid off, but it, it, I, it's the tearing, but the 1975-ness is very strong. The one flu not being a piece of shit makes this harder. Yeah. I mean, we're at like, we've done a whole segment and I have no idea. See, I, I feel like I know which it, which I think is the better movie, Mm -hmm. but I, I feel like there's, there's a clear better candidate for night for 1975's movie yeah. of the year there's too many factors and either one's gonna get smoked by jaws so it doesn't matter oh let, I, let him forget let him live in the ignorance <laughs> who knows 
All right, it's voting time, Greg. Yeah, I love Mirror. Um, it's the better movie, definitely, and it it it, it was so exciting and opened up new worlds and everything like that. But one flew over the cuckoo's nest. I expected uh, American Beauty. I expected mm-hmm. Fight Club. I expected to uh, Driving Miss Daisy. That's not one we brought up yet. Just like shitty movies that yeah. Loved. Oh. But instead, it's actually pretty entertaining, and the ways in which it's questionable are questions the movie itself is posing. And I just think it's more 1975. So one floor of the cuckoo's nest. Right. I have to go mirror. I just I like these movies are always going to get bounced at some point, and I understand why. Yeah. But I want to keep them going for as long as I can. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. It's like all the re- hopefully listen. Go watch it. Don't don't let our uh, and go watch it you. twice. That's yeah. Like, yeah. which I think is like that. That's a hard sell, right? Like if you're listening to a podcast driving down the road and the guys are like, "You're not gonna like it the first time." In fact, you'll be angry. <laughs> but then you watch it a second time, and then you'll probably really start to understand that you don't know that much about it. <laughs> it's a harder sell than like, oh, it doesn't get good until the eighth episode. Yeah, like, that's yeah. Like, but like when you watch it the first time, you can't be on your phone just thinking no. like, oh, the first time doesn't matter. You have to pay attention to every detail so that the second you have to time know what you're good. confused yeah. about. Even if yeah. you speak Russian, you can't be on your phone. There's too much going on visually. Oh, but one lady plays two parts. That's just something that I wish I knew. Yeah, going into it, that is confusing as hell. Also, don't trust a uh, little fence; they're yeah. dangerous. They fall down. <laughs> I have to go for all the Greg reasons. I have to go with one flew over wow. the cuckoo's nest. Wow! So I should just fuck off then. Yeah, we think I you should, should just go. eat shit solo style. Fuck off! <laughs> fuck off and eat shit solo style. <laughs> is that the movie of the year? Our new tagline. That's our new tagline. <laughs> All right, we are going to take a break and then more awards. Taste Buds, what actually matters in a movie? Is it the score? Definitely not. No. Cinematography? Nobody knows what that means. I like to I like to pretend that I do. I'm like, oh, the cinematography yeah. was really present. The maison scene. Oh yeah, dude. I, I love uh, on Twitter people like, come on, look at this cinematography. It'll be from like the Harry Potter movies, and it's just stills. And I'm like, that I don't know what cinematography is, but I know it's not that. <laughs> I know it's not gray drab shit stills be moving from Harry Potter pictures, right? <laughs> We're talking about the Twitter who I uh, really love the shot where uh, Khaleesi yes. has yes. the dragon behind her and the wings came up. Well, if they love that. Here's 18 other things that did that same thing. <laughs> but what actually makes a movie? It's actors and it's lead actors and it's men. It's best actors. <laughs> <laughs> if 1975 taught us anything, it is that. <laughs> Here come the boys. I don't know how many of these movies you guys watch with your uh, SOs, but man, did mine get tired of just any, like even like a C plot about a woman would be fucking great in any of these movies. Yeah. Or I thought you were they got tired of that. Uh, Get out of here. Talk. What are you trying to do? Devote 10 minutes to a lady? <laughs> Your first nominee is Tim Curry from Rocky Horror Picture Show. It, it, talking about uh, shitheads you fall in love with because they're charismatic. Yeah. I, feel, I feel very similar to Jack Nicholson, to Tim Curry, except more. Is he the bad guy of the movie? Yes. He is the bad guy, yeah. He he totally is. He wants to kidnap and coerce and drug. Like he does some very dubious things. Here. Oh yeah, for sure. He well, revenged the nerds them, which he's we decided evil. is rape. We've <laughs> talked <laughs> we've talked about through through the season how this was maybe not the start, but for us the start of giving typical antagonists uh you know the spotlight and three dimensions. Mm-hmm. So and we're gonna talk about that through this best actor award. Right. But for Tim Curry to be a 
I don't want to say terrorist, but at le- uh, definitely like committing crimes. In There's this definite crimes here. Yeah, and as you said, like of a of a sexual nature. Yeah. So, which we frown upon. We frown upon, but for some reason, because he's in those fish nets, we're like, but I mean, they liked it. It's afterwards. the same thing as Jack Nicholson and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's yeah. Nest, right? It's like the it, it's challenging us by charming us with somebody uh, who we know is evil. When you think about the rest of this career post seventy five, is this? Did he do okay, or is this sort of like no? Something happened. There, there must be a Brandon Fraser story there, like because he every, he's good in everything he's in. Legend, Clue, the Command and Conquer games, but like <laughs> Roseanne, Home Alone too. But he never he just he couldn't get over the hump. There has to be something else to that story. Is is it that he is such a genre? At character actor and they stopped making these kinds of weird fun that could be movies. it like he's not traditionally handsome i think he went through a period where he didn't say no to roles and that might like maybe being a little bit more choosy mm. might have helped but it's hard to know which comes first you know yeah it worked for michael kane he's fine your next nominee is gene hackman the michael kane of america in night moves that's not a bad dis- i never put that together but yeah I just, sure yeah, he's really good in this, uh, and he's not trying. He's not doing it by like chewing the scenery, and um, it's like very reserved, which we now know we, love. we like in 1975, <laughs> right? Uh, the, the 1975 is the year of me going. Oh, that's why this person was good at acting. Yeah. So because is look, more. I did enjoy the replacements as a kid, but I wouldn't say I was blown away by Gene Hackman. He he does settle into I'm playing Gene Hackman. Yeah, well, except for one. Movie of the Year movie. Royal Tenenbaum. Royal I think that if he were to win, this might be the first two-time best actor. Oh. Gene Hackman. That'd That's crazy. very exciting. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your next nominee is Jack Nicholson from One Flew. Like, it's impossible to talk about this movie and how good it is without getting to him very quickly. Yeah. He, it, it's the, the weight is on his lithe, limber shoulders. I mean, literally, when we have talked about it in the matchups, like, it's been totally centered on, on his performance and on, you know, do we like him even though he's bad? Well, if we had a Jack Rushmore, is mm-hmm. this the first, like, is this the most Jack Jack of all time? Not the baby from The Incredibles. Jack Jack. Is this the most, like, is this where the reputation and yeah. the legend comes and from? And when he went, oh, unless you ask me to do something else, I now have my go to setting. I will be doing this. Yeah. I will McMurphy it up. Joker is just McMurphy. I did not know that as a kid. <laughs> but he definitely is. He's just a, like a little less twitchy. And there's like no, there's nothing left without his performance in this movie. Like there are a lot of other good, interesting performances, mm-hmm. but they're not something that you could like build the whole movie on. No, if we vore it, value over replacement actor. If this is Patrick Wilson, uh, star of The Conjuring, this is a shitty movie. This is not a good movie. <laughs> Did you guys see Patrick Wilson's pictures for Aquaman two? Wait, he's just like he looks like Castaway. Yeah, yeah. He's just hanging out with Wilson. Um, do you guys think that Jack Nicholson will show up and accept the award, give a speech if? Actually, he's here right now if you guys want to talk to him. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. bring him in. I'm Jack Nicholson. <laughs> I love that you have to do the forehead, Wait. Jack. What do you mean? J- Jack comes up and he has to touch his head. Yeah. To, to get it's real voice. weird. Your next nominee is Al Pacino from Dog Day Afternoon. Uh, like I just said, this is the year that Tommy old actors can act. Greg fucking shit on this one from minute one of the finale part one. Like, just Al Pacino gives the best performance we've ever seen. Like, that is yes. how we've been talking about it for... Two weeks now. Yes. Yeah. I would, I would say like he... And he's sort of a joke to us at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in this movie, he almost reinvents acting. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think when we think of good 75 performances, he like helped set all of that up and really mm-hmm. like 
I mean, there's a realness and a presence to it's, his performance where you watch everything fall apart. And it's not his fault, but it is his fault, but it's not only his fault. Yeah. You know, it, you know what it is? It's independent film acting and stage acting uh-huh. all rolled into a studio performance. And that's just... You could only get that in right. the mid seventies. Yeah, it's uh, and w- the the two things at once, and throughout the bank scenes, it's you see his fear, his anger, and the summer camp vibes we talked about, where it's just like, but this is fun teaching them how to play a gun, like, but like it's always one of his eyes is like, stay scared. Yeah, <laughs> we still have to do an Al Pacino Hall of or what do you call it, where we go through the career, career retrospective. Yeah, career retrospective, don't we? Yeah, you're, I think you're the gonna patrons... want to watch Serpico before that one. <laughs> the patrons, I think, will get that. Now, the next, the final nominee is Roy Scheider from Jaws, and. I want you guys to tell me is was there only four this four nominees this year or does Roy Scheider actually step up and deserve to be nominated in a blockbuster sort of thankless part? I think given who Quinn and uh, Dreyfus are, I think a lesser actor would be like, "I'm gonna elbow in here and also yeah. try to have personality." I think it's the the good uh, team player is undervalued. He's a Brian Husky. He's always going to deliver oh, great. A Husky nice. boy. But very rarely uh, be looked at as amazing. But I think he knocks it out of the park. I think the the nomination is a nod to a, a job well done. But he's not actually even in the running for the award. What? <laughs> <laughs> so Greg and I feel differently. <laughs> when you guys present at the Oscars in the future, please, Greg, say that. Uh, <laughs> what about that time where he looked at the camera and the camera... He looked at the camera so well that the camera like moved forward and backwards at the same time. <laughs> That's acting. So your nominees are Tim Curry, Gene Hackman, Jack Nicholson, Al Pacino, and Roy Scheider. Murderers Row. Yeah. It's also like, why did... So many of those guys kept acting and Roy Schneider just stopped. Mm. I'm sorry, Scheider, not Schneider. Schneider is from One Day at a Time. Yes. Your best actor of 1975 is... Al Pacino, Dog hey! Day Afternoon, surprising. You know what? Nobody at this point. Who? Uh, no, it was. Uh, it was so cool to stop thinking about his Dunkin' Donuts commercial for just a couple <laughs> hours as we watched that movie. All right, let's go in. What makes a movie actually important? It's not the dudes. It's the ladies. The ladies. It's time actors. for best actress. Your first nominee is from Tommy. Finally, hey! it's that champagne rolling bean feast herself and Margaret. It's the mommy. It's the mommy Tommy. <laughs> the mommy from Tommy. To understand what kind of wackadoo, out of touch with reality, uh, film you're in, and to not cartoonify it, like she, some people I think stepped over the line in that movie, and I think she grounds the real emotion, and I believe. Uh, she has flaws. I believe she cares for Tommy, and I believe she is fine with rolling in champagne and beans. <laughs> it's all believable. You know what? I think that I think it's a great point, and I think that the stepfather Oliver Reed, who is like this classic British actor, who I think thought that he was doing the movie justice by right. being super over the top, super yelly and yeah. big, went too far. You have to treat the screenplay like it's it's the current truth, you know, mm-hmm. not like oh I'm gonna go out. You know who this reminds me of? Alfred Molina of Spider-Man 2. Uh-huh. Just like, I'm I'm going to be a little bit bigger, but I'm also going to respect the material. Yes. Does that sound weird? Not be a Tex Avery cartoon. Exactly. And so many uh, villains in superhero movies are like Oliver Reed is the stepfather yeah. in, this, in this movie. And Anne Margaret is the Alfred Molina. Yeah. She's just like, no, I can do this. And she fucking does. Yeah. I think she's the most watchable thing in that movie. 
Your next nominee is from Shampoo. This is Julie Christie. This is the biggest affection of George, the one that he actually proposes to at the end. The ex flame Jackie. Jackie. Oh, yeah, the the British chick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has a good job. <laughs> <laughs> I think Goldie Hawn just Steals overshadows her mm. by so much that, you know, but she and, and, and the dude have like a more complicated relationship. I think the important They're thing divorced, about... right? They were they or used they, to be they used together. To be just together, yeah. but I think all of that they captured that affection you can have for somebody where you're like, "Well, we were together when we were 20s and then I turned 25 and said, "You're not good for me, but shit, I still love you." I know. And that's or fucked up. At least want you. Right. And I think that's why Julie Christie is the most one of the most interesting characters in the movie is because when you when people look at George, the same way that people look at Warren Beatty, like they implant their fantasies and their dreams. Mm. You know, like he is just like a, I don't know, a blank slate. And Goldie Hawn and Felicia, the girlfriend and the older mistress, they sort of change him. Like say, right. oh, just do this fantasy for me. And Julie Christie, Jackie sees him for who he actually is, which is why the movie works so well, because she can't help be attracted to him yeah. in certain ways, but then ultimately knows, oh, no, I'm fucking out, bro. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing this for the rest of my life. And I, I think it's why the way she plays it is to like let the character have the flaws to be treating cheating on your best friends, even though you used to fuck them now. Like I think all of that that pain and desire is in her throughout the movie. Right. Like she always kind of knows she's a piece of shit in a movie filled with people trying to convince themselves they are not. Right. And ultimately, like doesn't the, her romantic end story is she kind of cashes out, right? Yeah. She like goes for the money. This is after like getting shit-faced and trying to blow George at the, table. at the dinner table, you know? Uh, your next nominee, Redford, not nominated for Best Actor. Surprising? Oh. No. No. It's Faye Dunaway. Greg. You know, uh, Faye Dunaway has, like, a, a a tough line to walk here, which is this line between prisoner and, like, love interest. And... Don't we all? her sort of ethereal like still scared mm-hmm. very scared but also like very open and interested i think that her performance could sink the movie for more people yeah if she didn't do such a good job walking that line i think more people would feel about it the way that i do and i just i think that we have this image of faye dunaway from like network or chinatown or uh bonnie and clyde mm-hmm. uh, just like ballsy brassy you know broad who like takes no prisoners and this is again the quiet a little cold performance but like she stays in her corner Mm. she stays smarter she stays one step ahead you know this is honestly probably a supporting performance yeah there's not enough lead females for to do this um but still is such like when you think about the movie her limited minutes overpower. My oh, memory. for sure. That's why on the normal shows we the the war is pound for pound performance, right. and I definitely think she is the weightiest performance in this movie. The way she opens up, she is like a quiet, normal person, and you can watch her change from scared to being thrilled by what's going on. Mm-hmm. She's like, it, it is the uh, American Beauty's on my brain now because we talked about, but it, it is a better version of the story of like fuck normal life. Now I'm doing this, and this is more important. Mm-hmm. I mean, she goes from being like an observer to a participant. Yeah, right? Right. like as a photographer, she's always not a part of this of oh, the damn, scene. Greg, Gordon. but then she like becomes the center of it. It's sick because he's kidnapped her, but it does make her the center of the action. And it doesn't like whether you depending like 
regardless of how sick you think the kidnapping is or how much that changes your opinion of the movie, it doesn't change her character and her performance. Right. Yeah. You know, like it's still amazing and together and she never betrays the character of the actress never betrays that. Correct. Your next nominee is Louise Fletcher from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, your Oscar winner. Quiet role, reserved role, Oscar winning role? Yeah, that I think that is surprising. I you know, it's an interesting performance, but it does is there enough there to to give her the award, really? I mean, again, this is, I think, closer to a supporting performance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like literally, right? Like, she's just there to, it seems like a lot of times, to be yelled at by Jack Nicholson and to antagonize him. But the fact that her reputation is so villainous, and then on this rewatch that we just did, it's so complicated mm-hmm. and interesting. I think it's just an, an attribute to the actor. Yeah. Her, her scene of saying, do not take... McMurphy from my thing, from my uh, yeah, the institute, institute. Ward. I want him to stay here, and the camera closes in on her as she slowly realizes, "What am I doing? Is yeah. that a good idea? Am why I becoming I cartoonishly yeah. evil?" <laughs> uh, I thought that was. I mean, that's why she gets the nominee. Yeah, no, that you know what? That's a really good point. Is that throughout watching the movie, you don't know until the end uh, where if she's just a middle manager who's put upon, or if she is villainous. And I mean, uh, they asked her her opinion. You know, like, yeah. what does that mean back then for somebody in her job as a woman? That's probably, I want to I want to be important. I want to make yeah. change, you know? Your final nominee is from Mir. It's Mar- Margarita Tarakova. And guys, don't Eddie Murphy this. It's not just that she played two roles. There's got to be other reasons why she was nominated. Well, the fat suit, which we frown upon these days. <clears throat> but then... There, it's very hard, I think, ultimately for a performer to make you forget that you're watching somebody act. Mm. And she does it. She, Whoever this woman is, she disappears into the role of this the mother and then the wife. And it's, it's a different type of acting and performing. And it, does she act in a way that you know they're two different characters? Well, not in like, I would say, uh, a more modern way of like when somebody plays twins and right. one has like a southern I'm like this. and she's Phenomenal. I mean that's I, I would say I would question like is she definitely definitively two different characters yeah. you know it's the same thing in Green Knight to bring that up again but uh, there's an actress that plays two roles mm-hmm. and is it is it actually a different character even um, like you know because there's another part of memory like, right yeah you know, there are times where I will remember Mike being somewhere before I met Mike and that's just how memory works and very unfortunately as E2 Mama Tambien taught us, like that seems to be the problem. Right. Is that you have to be one and then the other, usually to the same person. Right. And so like it, there is this flattening of of everyone who like ends up in those roles. We all just want a mommy wife. I guess, yeah. And it's like it movies taught me that, I guess. <laughs> it's fucked up, but I guess that's what we want. Well, you taught you that, and then you found movies to back that up. <laughs> See, it's normal. Uh, the other thing, too, is that I get the impression that Tarkovsky is not a big acting fan. Mm. You know, like actors are tools like cameras. And I feel like he's one of those guys who is just always on the set being like, less, 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 mm-hmm. less. And it's hard to pick out, like, standout performances from Stalker or right. his other movies. You know, like, they're just, they're just sort of tools that move the story along. And... I don't know if this is the best performance of 75, but I would say that this is the best performance of any Tarkovsky movie I've ever seen. Like, this is the time where he was like, no, 
fucking bring it. Yeah, I think she's undeniable and and really helps make this confusing movie feel less cold and confusing. Yeah. And man, I really needed that at some point. Yeah. I needed she's my our mommy, mommy wife. wife who holds her hand. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so your nominees are Anne Margaret from Tommy, Julie Christie from Shampoo, Faye Dunaway from Three Days of the Condor, Louise Fletcher from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and Mar- Margaret and Terry Cova from Mir. I do think that all, all of our shit talking on, you know, the lack of female agency throughout mm-hmm. the season, that's, I've, I, those are a solid five. Strong crew. The final envelope, please. You have to learn how to do envelopes, man. Yeah, man, you don't know how to open them. <laughs> Margarita Terracova from yeah. Mirror. She played two roles. That feels good. Yeah. Two roles. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, the final battle. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening so far. And let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it. That's my guarantee. While I have you here, let me tell you about a website. It's called yourpopfilter.com. And it's everything you need that's related to pop filter everything mike everything ryan everything greg everything cassie everything is there at yourpopfilter.com while you're there go to yourpopfilter.com slash amazon make that your new amazon bookmark and do your shopping from there that way we get a little piece of the action and amazon doesn't make sure you're also listening to everything that pop filter has to offer which includes the superhero show show a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property, and Movie of the Year, where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That's Superhero Show Show, that's Movie of the Year, and that's YourPopFilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review, bye! Taste buds, it all comes down to this. Nothing else matters. You could have just started listening from this point on. Did you guys hear about that 53-track black album, cover album? Including Nothing Else Matters. Is it... Did they, like... Did, like, like four different people cover Yeah, Enter every Sandman? song. Every song. There's four versions of it. 53 Why? tracks. Well, one of them is Phoebe Bridgers, Mike. So is that one Please good? be careful. What did she cover? Did, Enter Sandman. Now, see that? I bet she can... I bet that's interesting. But, like... Then I don't need three other Enter Sandmans. Like that's you're watering it down. That's a weird thing to do. This has become like a Metallica thing. They're like, what if you did even more? Yeah, just yeah. more. Just a double more Metallica. Disc. No, more Metallica. Is that the name of the album? No. Now more Metallica. I was actually just about to listen to that album, and I scrolled over one more spot, and I saw the new Andrew WK <laughs> and I put on the new Andrew WK and friends, I am here to tell you that was the smartest choice I ever made. It's just one version of each of the songs. He oh. just does, I guess that he does his own songs and he just does a different one every time. Weird. You can do that. I mean, Lame. not a different a one. Andrew WK, but I mean, it's a different, he really gets into the nitty and gritty and details of what's going on at this party. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's such a good album. You definitely check it out. Huh. I would definitely say check it does, out. Going back to my bit. Um, if you've ever have you if you ever talked to a Metallica fan, the only thing that they don't like is other bands besides Metallica. Like, who is this album for? Right, they're Tra- movie trailers for the next twenty years. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> Are we doing that thing where we deflect from talking about the thing we're supposed what? to be talking no. about because we're afraid of the emotional no. stakes of the conversation we're about to have? I don't think we're doing that. I just turned thirty-five, and is now when I start going to the doctor to look for colon cancer. 
I think you could do well. No, with your colon, yeah, you probably want <laughs> to get in there early. You have a legendary colon. Yeah, get in there early and often. Yeah, you got an active little system there. I think probably you want to. I would just have half of it taken out surgically. Just have uh, a semicolon. My wife is convinced that uh, I was born without part of that, <laughs> and that's the way I am. The way I am. <laughs> So why are you the in way you every are? way? Like, in every way. Wow, like your personality is. Well, at least that it's. Uh, I take a bite of food and have to immediately leave the room. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Time for this to spray out of me now. Patton, they changed Patton to say like crap through a mic. That's what he says now. Crap through a mic. Yeah, like how you podcast. Ouch! I'm mic through crap. We got to vote. Okay. Or I guess we could talk about Dog Day Afternoon versus One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Well, Jaws versus Beer would have been interesting. You guys fucked that up. This is a fucking slam dunk. Well, this battle should have been Jaws versus Dog Day. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what we wanted. That's how we would hope that it would go. But we don't control the seating. You know what? We don't. Let's just put that segment here. Yeah, editor, and then just flip it, flip. But these are two seventy-five as fuck movies. It's be- it's definitely like our take on cinema versus the Hollywood establishment's take, We're right? Pretty cool. Cause you've got the Oscar darling versus the movie that we declared from the first second we saw it would definitely be 1975's movie of the year. Yeah, Over the credits. When you're just getting to know New York, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like dog day wins. That's yeah. pretty 75. Now I do want to point out that it was a bunch of credits about a hot New York and it wasn't hot damn summer in the city. That feels yeah, Isn't a that the song that you're supposed to use there? Yeah, yeah definitely. A you know what? You're right, Bunk. One flu. I'm throwing it out. <laughs> you're doing it, one flu. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much there is left to say. It feels like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, a good movie, better than what we thought it would be. Jack Nicholson's performance carried it so far mm-hmm. all the way to here. I'm stunned it got here. So that it could meet up with a superior performance. And I, I do want to point out to all the listeners that what these two fucking and i'm so sorry to use this language these fucking knuckleheads did Whoa! was they chose one flew over mir to give dog day the victory because they knew that it would lose to mir you guys game the system no. and you will i hope that you never sleep again it wouldn't lose to mir it didn't lose to jaws you little baby bitch i make the, the i made that decision the same way i make every decision i look inside myself and i see a version of myself going Meh, not knowing what the answer is and then i just make something up yeah i made it the same way is uh I didn't think about it at all, and I panicked and said a word. Yeah, I just, yeah. Ultimately, someone says, "What do you decide?" And you just go with what you know the truth is in that moment. Yeah. Right. And honestly, that's what I'm going to do here. And then, like, Dog Day is going to be 1975's movie of the year, and that's right. Yeah. Like, we got to the right decision. It could be that it beats Jaws now, or that it it beat Jaws last round. But this is 1975's movie of the year. It was nominated for Best Picture, Actor, Supporting Actor, Chris Sarandon, not John Cazale. Uh, Best Director, Best Film Editing, and one Best Screenplay. And then One Flew, obviously, legendarily won everything. Yeah. So. Not, but maybe not everything. Not everything. When it's all said and done. Here, I guess we legally have to say, what's your vote, Ryan? My vote is obviously. Wait, can I, can I do Jaws? No. You could do Dark Horse Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's highly unusual, but just between me and you, if you said it, I think we would just A go. New with battler jumps into the arena. No, you don't. You don't have to have your favorite win. You just have to be stoked about the victory, and yeah. I, I would be stoked with a Dog Day victory. Yeah, I, I think if you tell people, "Oh, Dog Day won," 
They're going to be, be like, like yeah. no, everyone's going to say, what the fuck, Jaws. Yeah. Everyone. 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 And I'm going to say, go fucking watch Dog Day Afternoon and change your Yeah, life. and then come back to me. And then if you still have a problem, See I'll apologize. Two and a half hours, I'll be here. How about I say I'm sorry right to your fucking face? Ready to fight. Uh-huh. I don't care, dude. I'll apologize to you. I'll apologize to your friend. I'll apologize <laughs> to your mom. Dude, I do not give a fuck. I'm sorry. You go off. Yeah, dude. You're the apology king. Also, IMDb says that uh, Al Pacino won the BAFTA for Dog Day Afternoon for Godfather Part 2. <laughs> oh. Those Brits, man. That's how good he is. What do you say, Mike? Oh, Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah, right? Well, congratulations, Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah, you're 1975's Movie of the Year. Woo! Joining the illustrious group that includes... Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut. Die Hard. <laughs> LA Confidential. Brazil. E.T. Mama Tabian. No. Roma. Roma. <laughs> E.T. didn't win that year? I don't think so. Man, these are good movies. Movies are awesome. That's uh, the real... Honestly, we should start writing some of this Lesson. stuff down. <laughs> <laughs> Let's think about committing some of this to paper. <laughs> oh, so we don't have to just always... So then we don't have to be like, wait, what? Because when um, there was like two or three, we were really good yeah, at remembering. And now they're... Right. they're for a long time. There are like eight. Deathly Hollows Part 2? Yeah, know, that won a couple of years. <laughs> All right, that has been our show. That has been 1975. Can we uh, thank all of the guests? Yes. Do you remember them all, Mike? I was, yes. Uh, hard pivot into thanking the guests. Oh, sorry. Did I cut you off? It's fine. It's no, what no, you no. do. Please go. That has Smoothly been our show. Transition. That has been our season. We could not have done this season without so many lovely folks who uh, took their hard-earned quarantine to spend some time watching movies and talking about them with us, which includes van who probably has social media you can go check out uh kate kate dallas at kate dot dallas dot funny dot kind uh nate regolia check out his a big idea kate and nate kate has uh milf another if you like movies and want more kate go check out the milf podcast nate regolia is a vague idea who else was there evan johnson they're probably up to something out there on the taylor taylor Caitlin, uh, Caitlin, Cassie, no, McKenna. Cassie never. We just assume Caitlin Mc- books. McKenna, yeah, McKenna stepped up to watch Sal with us. Yeah, what a fucking champ! What a trooper! And again, like Mike me- was not perturbed. Yeah, I was both. I was. I'm most disturbed by mine and Max. Books is shrugs. unflappable. Yeah, well, she glued those pages together. <laughs> Did uh, we get them all? Stephanie and Renee. Stephanie and Renee are your wives. sweet wives. Very good. <laughs> We're on the show. Me. Greg, thank you for guesting. Ryan, thank you for guesting. It has been a pleasure to host. Yeah, good job, Mike. Are you glad to put down the the mic? I want to compete for friend love. That's where I'm very comfortable. That's that's the thing is that, I mean, grass is always greener, but when you're competing, just give me the host. Like, it's just so much easier. I guess, wait, I guess that means officially... I'm now the host of the show again? Like we started. Yeah. Is how we will end. Wow. Back in the day. And I would like to announce as my first act... As host, shit, it's uh, the the power left so abruptly for me. I was not ready. I for saw it, it come That's out of your gut. Crazy, <laughs> you sucked my soul out. Next season, nineteen ninety one. Now, Greg, is why is this important to you at all? Uh, ninety one. I was ten years old. Uh, is I, that the best year for movies? Yes, for ten me, year old. Yeah, when you're ten years old. Uh, my mom said I could see some rated R movies, including Terminator Two. I saw Terminator Two in a packed. New York, because we went to uh, back New to York New York City. theater, and it was like raucous, and people were yelling, and I was so excited. I can still remember the feeling of the house lights coming down, and I was like, 
I'm going to fucking see Terminator 2 right now. <laughs> this is a life-changing event. Yeah, dude. Did you know what Terminator was? I had not even seen Terminator. Yeah. But there was such a crazy ad campaign starting in 90. Um, like like in, in the summer of 90, there was just a da-da-dun-da-dun. Da-da-dun-da-dun. And then they showed the T2 or the T1000 mm-hmm. head. And the I just remember being nine years old and being like, our I- destinies." will intertwine metalhead whatever you are but then i couldn't see terminator because it was rated r my parents were like no well there's titty in that one yeah and there's actual titty yeah but watching t2 as a 10 year old it's you grab onto that proverbial chain link fence in front of you and Mm -hmm. you let the fire blast you to death and like there were special effects that and we'll to go over this in the show, but like I did not know were real that could happen that right. happened in this movie. Blew your mind. Computer effects away. and practical effects, quite frankly. Uh, but there's other great ninety one Sleeping with the Enemy. Sleeping with the Enemy. Fun, good fun movie there. Hook. Hook. We're not doing fucking hook. We're doing you hook. Secret we're of not- the Use. Hook is gonna at least be the like Patreon. the bonus show. Yeah, for sure. Hook sucks, guys. Hook so- is but it's important to us. A formative movie. Legit yeah. formative movie to me. No, not Hook. Is uh anything you do, do it. Robin Hood, for Prince you. of Thieves. Oh, that's, yeah. that's in the bracket for sure. Definitely. Fucking I watched that over and over again. You know what's weird? Is three times ever. The Oscars have given the top five awards of the same movie, and we're jumping from one year to the next, the other, For the Robin third Hood time it happened. And Robin Hood actually, I don't want to say it won zero Oscars. I don't know. <laughs> well, no, but. the other bigger movies won Oscars, and then Robin Hood came in and they took <laughs> and gave them out to the lesser movies. <laughs> it is uh, the Silence of the Lambs. The Silence right? of the Lambs, yeah. And well, is I don't know if that's the number one seed, yeah. but. I mean, does that have a chance of taking it all down? Yes. Yeah. Big time. That's Big a, time. I, I think similarly to uh, Jaws, that is one where you remember the hits of the film and then you go back and watch it. You're like, holy shit, this movie. It never stopped being great. Yeah. That's a, an amazing movie. Uh, Thumb and Louise, Adam's Family, Point Break, uh, Boys in the Hood. Point Break. Oh my Barton God. Fink. Barton, Barton Fink. Fink. Barton Fink. Barton Fink. I'm very excited for this year. And the us doing our damnedest to like control our nostalgia but not being able to is what i'm most excited for i am very excited what's the likelihood that what about bob gets in here uh, not, not richard dreyfus's reign on the show <laughs> is coming to an end what about what about bob uh what about jifk 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 what is jifk oliver stone movie kevin costner oh the jfk oh. yeah that potentially that's a great movie is it that's a good movie. Backdraft is a movie I've only been on the ride from. I've oh, never man. seen it. Backdraft is an experience. There's so many movies that like we're gonna be fucking so bummed. Like most of the ones that Mike mentioned, but uh <laughs> that don't make it, but we just can't. Like the Rocketeer. Like oh. like the last Boy Scout. You don't think the last but you don't think your thumbs on that scale I enough to the push the last boy scout. I mean, I'm gonna cheat my balls off. Sure. But- the Doors, I've been told that's good. I don't want to watch it. No. Hot Shots, I have heard that 91 has a particular sheen on it. So. Ha! 91. Dragon Ball Z, Cooler's Revenge. We all remember that hit. Hudson Hawk, An American Tale 2, Five Will Goes West. This is an amazing year. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? We're going to get into all of that and more when we pick up the 1991 season. Mike, you have been the host of this season. Is there something you want to say before you hand off that gauntlet to me? Ah, it's been a pleasure and an honor. And keep watching those movies.